Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Welcome to church again. How are we all doing? Last week was our Vision Sunday 2.0 for the year. And Pastor Byron and Anne presented what always was this year, Occupy the Future, but also there's sort of this real focus at the moment on this word, Awaken, and, and it's a word for our church now that we would wake up, that we would awake, and, and this message that I'm speaking about this morning ties and flows into that. <clears throat> I've titled it, Wake Up, It's Time to Pray. Yeah. Wake up the person beside you. Have you woke them up? Okay, let's pray. God, I just pray over this message today. God, I pray over everyone in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that something that we speak about together, Lord, that it would change and it would motivate us to be more in tune with what you're doing and that we can be a part of it here and now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Wake up, it's time to pray. Before I can start this message, I have to talk about the obvious. Well, what is prayer? How do we define prayer? What, What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I've got limited time this morning. However, awesome segue, we have our prayer course starting soon again. Pastor Tracy over here runs our prayer course. I tried to honour her in the 8.30, but in the meantime, I insulted her daughter, Emma, accidentally. Uh, I said she's sitting there next to her twins. So Tracy's over here sitting next to her granddaughter, Emma. Is that better? I don't know. Trying to dig myself out. But Tracy over here is a legend. She runs prayer at Highway, our breakthrough prayer, our intercessory team. But also they've got a prayer course coming up. So all the details are up here. 5th of August, out the back in the blue room, 6.30pm. It's going to be the 1st and 3rd. Is that Monday, Trace, of every month? So that'll be really cool. So if you want more, please attend the course. Sometimes in prayer, we only focus on using it as a tool to get what we want. And although that's powerful and although that's great, in some ways, I feel like it falls short of all that it was meant to be. We focus on scriptures that are great, but we focus majority of our effort onto one part rather than all that is prayer. We focus on scriptures like James 5, um, where at the end there it says, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We, We use prayer as just this tool so that we can get what we want, yet it was so much more than that. It has to be more than a shopping list. It involves intercession. It involves, like we talked about, supplication, which is asking for what we need. But it also involves praying the scriptures, praying in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. It, it, it includes us reciting written prayers like our Father. It includes, but, but it also includes this other side where it's purely just about spending time with God, where it's about communion, where it's about meditation or contemplation, where it comes from this place of relationship or this communicating with God. And at essence, what I would define prayer is, if you'd ask me in one word, I would say in its awareness of God. Prayer is us finding ourselves aware of Him and channeling and being a part of what He's doing today. From this place of prayer, from this place of awareness or relationship with God, which in essence, is what the Trinity is, isn't it? It's a relationship between God the Father who is for us, which really helps us when we understand that our God is 
for us. Jesus, the Son, He is with us, which is so comforting to know, no matter what we're going through, that God is with us, that, that, Je- that Jesus came as a man, that He walks with us, and then Holy Spirit is in us, which is really cool. So this relationship of the Trinity really helps us in this. And as I've been studying the life of Jesus, which, side note, is a great thing to do for a Christian. So I encourage you with that. When I read the Gospels, what they are is they're eyewitness accounts. Do we agree? So it's like someone telling the story of what they saw, what they saw, what they heard, what they witnessed. And so Jesus was a bit elusive sometimes. He'd cut away from the crowd or he'd get away and he'd be by himself. And I'd call this his prayer place. The place I'm talking about is the Mount of Olives. A lot of time in in the Gospels, Jesus would retreat to this place called the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is a limestone, multi-summited hill. (laughs) If that gives you a picture, it's sort of... And so what I've done is I've researched a lot of the times when Jesus come from this prayer place and then what happened to illustrate what prayer does in our lives. Does that make sense? So from this place of prayer... This is what happens. Are you ready? Number one, this is the toughest one, so I'm getting it out of the way early. So stay with me. Number one, prayer, it prepares us for pain. I say this because in Matthew 26, it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'll read from verse 36, and it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. That's interesting. Jesus being sorrowful, deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup, let this job, let this role, let this task, let these next few days... uh, be taken from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. We need to awake, don't we? And, and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Where's Gethsemane? It's on the eastern side of the Mount of the Mount of? What Jesus was about to go through, the false accusations, the betrayal of a close friend, the misappropriation of justice, the abuse and the torture, and ultimately the death, he, he finds himself in this place where he can sort of see what's going to happen. He understands what he's up against, and he's in this place of complete pain and agony, and prayer prepared him for what he was about to go through. Can I encourage you this morning? I know this sounds discouraging, but let me encourage you, if you're going through a painful time, if you're in the midst of a trial, I believe that this awareness, this prayer, this this moment with God allows us to go through this season, to go through these times of great pain, of great trials. Some of the challenges I've walked through in my life, and I still find myself in church today, is because of this relationship with God, this place of awareness, this prayer in my life that I'm still here, I'm still believing, and I'm still trying to journey with God today. Otherwise, I would have given up. 
love what the psalmist writes, I would have lost hope if I'd not believed I would see the goodness of, the God, of God in the land of the living. I would have lost hope if I had not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is the scripture for my life. I've had plenty of opportunities to give up. I've had plenty of reasons to lose hope. So have you, haven't you? But we don't because we believe that we will see the goodness of God, whether in this season or the next, I believe that we'll see the goodness of God. How did Jesus go through this? Can you imagine it? Sometimes we throw scriptures around like Philippians 4.13, like personal favorite. When I was a younger, sort of, I was always in a dirt bike, so I always had a motorbike or something and had this one Christian mate that was really good at quoting scripture. You know those ones? Totally out of context and random, but he could quote it. Does that make sense? And he used to say this Philippian scripture, he used to say, I can do all things through Christ to give me strength. So he tried to backflip, crash, hurt himself, break his bike, come back next week, try to do it again. I can do all things. And he used to go, no, slats, I can, you know. And because I was the only other Christian, so he would like, you know, say it to me, I'm going to do this, man, I can do all things. And it's like, hurt himself, broken arm, broken wrist. You know those guys? Every time it's like, I don't know that that's what this scripture meant that you can try to do a backflip and expect that God's going to grace you because you're awesome and you quoted a scripture before you did it. Let's read a little bit before that in Philippians 12, 4 verse 12 before that, the very verse before that, it says, I know, to live, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What Paul's saying is, hey, I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to have lots. I know what it's like to be in a good season. I know what it's like to be in a terrible situation. I know what it's like to have relationships going well. I know what it's like to have relationships going bad. I know what it's like to have employment and not to have employment. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Seasons come and seasons go, but our God is above the seasonal structure of this world. And he is our strength in our current season. Can I encourage you? prayer, this time with God, this awareness, this, this communication with Him, this avenue allows us and prepares us to go through pain. Number two, are you ready? It provokes our purpose. In Mark 13 verse 3, it says, now as He sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked Him privately, tell us when will all these things be and what will be the sign and when will these things be fulfilled? I love that it was opposite his prayer place, that it was from this prayer place that he ministered and that he taught things and new ways of thinking. Can I encourage us? Prayer and this time with God provokes our purpose. I remember being a teenager and I remember having this youth pastor in my life. This youth pastor in my life, I had given up on myself, but he hadn't given up on me. Have you experienced something like that? And I remember, I remember being struggling with depression. I was going through grief as a teenager. I was so insecure. I, I really had no hope for the future. And I, I didn't want it, any hope for the future, to be honest. And, but I had this man that was praying for me, that was believing for me, and that was encouraging me every opportunity he got. So what did I do? When, when I slowly worked through my issues, and with God I got through some of them. I'm still working through issues today. Just ask my wife. Um, I made a decision you know what? What this guy did for me, I'm going to try to do for as many others as I can. It's why I spent most of my life in youth ministry because I believed the hope that I'd found in God through this guy because I believed in the power that I'd found 
in this, through this guy in God. I want others to experience that. I've known what it's like to have no hope. I've known what it's like to struggle with grief and depression and a few mental illnesses. But you know what? I don't want to stay there anymore. I want to do this. I want it to provide, provoke my purpose for others. I think time with God provokes our purpose, and not just for self, but it always ends up for others. It's why I am a pastor today, because moments with God has provoked me to do something about it. Number three, it points us to grace. I love this one. It points us to grace. It's like the more time I seek God, the more time I try to become aware of God, the more I pray about things, I find it harder to judge which sucks when I want to judge. It really sucks. It sucks when I want to have an opinion about things. It sucks because I find it so much harder to have an opinion when I try to travel with God more. And that sucks because I like my opinions. I like knowing what I know. I like having opinion. I, I like thinking I'm right and the world is wrong. I love all these things. But the problem is that the more time I spend with God, the more I realize that, wait a minute, it doesn't really matter. And my opinions was just an opinion. But my job is to extend the grace that I've received. Prayer points us to grace. Let me illustrate. In John 7, 53, the very last verse of John 7, it says, And everyone went to his house. So everyone goes home. Then 8, 1 says, but Jesus didn't. But Jesus went to the, his prayer place. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, the physical place where the disciples didn't know exactly what he did. But what they knew is that he went there to spend time with God and he came back and things happened. But he went to the Mount of Olives, verse 2. Now early in the morning he came into the temple and all the people came to him and sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act, verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? Fresh from his God place, what does he say? He says not much at the start. He bends down, he scratches in the dirt a little. He stands up and he says, hey, I've got an idea. The person with no sin cast the first stone. And the Bible says that they left and dropped their stones from the oldest all the way to the youngest. Prayer points us to grace. When Jesus come from this prayer point, it wasn't a, yeah, she needs to get what she deserves. No, it was a, hey, hey, <laughs> we're all made mistakes. We've all Receive grace. Let's extend that to others in our world. Can I encourage you? Our bad attitudes, can we take them to the prayer place? Our judgments, can we take them to the prayer place? Because I have been lately, and it's been so, so challenging, but also refueling because I don't need to have an opinion. It's disappointing that I don't get to judge the world, unfortunately but it's refreshing that I don't need to have an opinion. Our job is to extend the grace that we've been given. Prayer has to, it must point us to grace. If it doesn't, can I encourage you? Let's rethink the way we pray. Number four, prayer places us within a new perspective. Luke 24, verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany. Where is Bethany? on the western side of the, oh, you're getting good. This multi-summited limestone hill seemed to be a center of what Jesus was doing. On the eastern side is Gethsemane where he's broken and, and then on, on the western side, sorry, on the, yeah, that's right, 
No, the western side is Gethsemane. On the eastern side is Bethany. I think I mixed those up. And um, so one side is doing this, and then the other side is ascending into heaven. I'll read this. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass when he had blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. This, I love that Jesus was ascension into heaven and was from the place that he used to pray. I believe that prayer gives us a new perspective. A new perspective where all things are possible. A perspective where it's a heavenly perspective where here and now is not all that matters. Eyes aren't only on now, but my desired outcome isn't everything. There has been times when I've prayed and seen my prayers answered. There has been times when I've prayed and have not seen my prayers answered. Can anyone relate to that? Did I say the wrong prayers? Did I get the language wrong? Did I not say the right syllables in a prayer language that I can't interpret? What, what, what did I do? Did I, what's wrong with my prayer? Is something wrong with my prayer? I've noticed that the more I pray, despite sometimes the things I look back and go, that was a silly prayer. Why did you say that? But in the moment, I felt like I had to. Did I say the wrong thing? No, no, no. My new perspective says that the most important thing is that I connect with God in the season that I'm in. It gives me a new perspective where outcomes seem not the first priority. My first priority is seeking you, God, and I know that you are with me no matter what I'm going through. I know that you're for me, with me, and your Holy Spirit is in me. I believe that prayer, these moments with God, they shift our perspective and they lift us above it, where it's not this matter of, will I do this? No, 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 no. We're lifted above it and we can almost see further. It's like, you know, when you climb a mountain or you go on a hill and it's like the valley and the trials and the little place where you live and you can see your house down there or you can see these people and they look like so insignificant the higher you go. That's what prayer is like. I believe that the cares of this world become small as we raise ourselves and get a new heavenly perspective. I believe prayer gives us a new perspective. Number five, it powers the divine. These words intrigue me. I, I spent a lot of time this week thinking about these words and it powers the divine. Luke 19:37. Then, as he was going down near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. This is Palm Sunday. This is it. Jesus is on the donkey and the colt is there. He's got it and they're coming down and these people are praising God, praising God for the mighty works that they'd seen. Where? From the Mount of Olives. This week I had a cool story. I, it was Wednesday afternoon here and I was probably a bit stressed this week and Pastor Caleb, her and our kids pastor just come to see me and I just raced out of a meeting where I'd found that I was um, preaching on Sunday, so I was a bit, you know, just trying to think of that. I was running late to my next meeting, and, and he goes, Caleb, I've just had a realisation that out on the side here where we're going to put the roof, the new patio, we're never going to be able to paint above it, and the paint's terrible. Like, we're going to have to, I don't know how we're going to do it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I, I can't think right now. Like, give me some time. I'll have a think. He's like, yeah, I think we might need to get you and me and whoever we can rattle, you know, it's like church volunteer base, you know, who can we get here to do this and do that? And 
Five minutes later, I walk into this meeting. Five minutes later in this meeting, I get a phone call. It's like, that person, why, why are they calling me? That's random. I should probably take this. This might be serious. They were in the 8.30 service, this person that called me. And I'm like, hello, this is Caleb, obviously. And they're like, Caleb, as you know, my husband and I run a painting business and a few of our quotes have been delayed and our jobs have been pushed back a couple of days. I've got my husband who's an apprentice, and, I mean, my husband and the apprentice tomorrow and Friday. Is there anything that they can volunteer to do at church that would help you guys out with the renovations? And I'm like, come on. It's like, yes. Yeah, it was really cool. So these legends come Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m., like legitly five minutes after me going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't carry everything. Five minutes later, the answer to this prayer comes, and these guys rock up Thursday morning. I've got their spray guns. I've got it all. I'm talking to them like, man, what would you charge for a job like this? He's like, oh, probably about four and a half grand, I'd say. They did it for free. We just paid the paint. For a couple hundred dollars, we painted half of our building. This is a blessing. This is what I'm talking about. When we pray, it powers the divine. But it's to the extent that I can hand over or let go. That's the key. You see, I can have the power or I can have the authority or I can hand it over and I can see what God wants to do. Can I encourage us? Let's be people that would hand things over to God. I can be right or I can have God. I can do it all in my own strength or I can be included in what he is doing today. Sometimes the extent of the divine I see in my life is a direct result of the amount I hand over control, the amount I let go, the amount I hand over my power, my authority, and my way of doing things. You find what you're looking for. Can I encourage us? Let's be people that would look for what God is doing here and now, and we would hand it over to him. I believe that God wants to do more through us as a church, but also individually because we are the church. I believe that God uses each and every one of us, and together we just come together on a Sunday and celebrate, but I believe God's positioned each and every one of us that we would be these conduits of the divine, that we would be connectors, that this new way of living, this new God that we've found, that we would bring others to know him the way that we do. Let's empower the divine with our prayer. God, what are you doing? God, how can I be a part of it? God, I don't know what to pray now, but I believe you're doing something. Even this new word we've got as our church called awaken, like, God, awaken me. I'm not happy with what I've had in the past. God, use me, show me, build us corporately together. Number six, prayer positions us for action. Luke 21, 37. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet, the Mount of Olives. He's preaching in the daytime, but at night he went to his prayer place. So much of what Jesus did on this earth, so many of the miracles, so many of the great exploits was from this place of prayer, this place of union with God. Last Sunday, we prayed. We prayed for this 2020 vision of reaching thousands. We prayed that God would supply the 20 sponsors that they need new sponsors, that God would put on the hearts of people these two, 20 new sponsors, that God would also put on the hearts of 20 people to increase their sponsorship. And 
without sounding rude, but I did that deliberately because I've had so many times in my life that I've been the answer to prayers that I've been praying. Have you experienced that? I remember being in our staff meeting on the right-hand side over here where the Connections Lounge is. If it's your first time here, we'd love to meet you. You can come to our staff meeting straight after this. And on the screen, sometime we put up the prayer request and there was this need for India and I was up there and it's like, okay, cool. So we're just walking around, everyone's sort of praying a bit individually, a little bit corporately. I'm like, God, I just pray, Lord, that these funds that they need, Lord, that you'd supply them. And <laughs> you know when you instantly regret praying a prayer? <laughs> or is that just me? Okay, it's just me. I hear this like sort of, not audible voice, but this feeling, this urge. It's like, you're the answer, Caleb. You know, the money that you've got saved, like I know you've just had Jethro. I know Kim's not working at the moment, but that little bit of money that you've got saved right there, that's the answer. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> that's not the answer, God. I'm praying that the church would do something. I'm praying that all these people would do something. I'm praying that someone would give some money because they need it in India. And then at this urge, I'm like, no, no, you're the answer. You're the answer. You're the... I'm like, oh, man, maybe I'm the answer. But why does it hurt so much? Maybe the pain is good for us. We prayed for reaching 1,000 sponsors, but we're the answer. We're the an- we have more than we need. We are the answer. I believe that prayer positions us for action. You are the answer to some of our own prayers, but I believe also that we're the answer to some other people's prayers as well. Countless times I've, I've done something and I've just thought, oh, this would be a good idea to do. I don't know where that came from, but I'm going to do it. And then this person's like, oh man, I've been praying for this. We've been believing for this. We've been searching for this. And it's like, oh wow, I was the answer to someone else's prayer. Can I encourage us? Our prayer at some point must lead to action. It positions us for action. I know we pray for people that are far from God. I know we do that. And that is awesome. Let's continue to do that. But also be their friend when they're in a time of need. Be there for them when they're going through a hard time. And I will promise you, at the time comes, they'll want to know. They will ask you the questions rather than you force them to ask the questions or pray the prayer. Prayer positions us for action. So my question today is, will we be a praying church? Will we be awakened? Will we be people that would be the answer to the prayer of our Reaching Thousands team, to the prayer of those in our community, to the prayer of those in need, to the prayers of those that have less than us, my answer is, as for me, yes. I hope it is for you. Can I pray? God, we just lift up your church this morning. God, I pray for every individual. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use us to minister to your people and your world. God, I pray, Lord, that something I've spoken about today God, that it would encourage us and it would challenge us, Lord, to find this place of connection with you. And then from that, God, all the things that we do in our lives will be blessed and will be honoured because you are with us, you're for us, and you work through us. God, I just pray this morning, God, that anyone that feels distant or not connected with you, God, I pray that this morning, God, that they would feel you drawing closer to them. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself in such a fresh and new way in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those, Lord, that uh, are the answer to the, the prayer for sponsorship and the reaching thousands, the work we're doing there. God, I pray, Lord, that they would see it as spiritual, God, and they would see it as a next step in you, in Jesus' name. 
Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Amen.